and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. Melissa here, and uh, once again, I'd like to introduce you to some of the most amazing people that God put in my life. I know I say that on every single podcast, but hey, when you're as blessed as I am and you know so many awesome people, that it's, it's a life that I live, right? And everybody should know the people I know. So on this podcast, uh, one of my rapidly growing favorite people is joining me today. Uh, he's been my one of my favorite people for probably a year and a half, two years. We're probably stretching out close to two years, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, he is uh, the first international uh, world travel. No, he's not the first world traveling person I've had on my podcast. I've had other people who've traveled the world, but he would he would be my first international uh, living abroad for most of his life extended period person on my podcast. And uh, I'm I got to know him um, because of my daughter. So today I want to introduce you to my one and only. That makes him my favorite son-in-law, Obed. Eli Salazar Romero. Nice. Hello. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not your straight up Oklahoma uh, Okie boy. So, um, nope. Obed is not even uh, actually technically American. Nope. He's not an American citizen. He is here legally. Yeah. Don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) He better be if he's married to my daughter. Right. Uh, But uh, Obed, he was born in Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, his parents, he is, the, he is the child of European missionaries. So welcome to the show, Obed. Hi, welcome to me. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm super glad you're here. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, um, kind of how your life grew up in Europe. Yeah, of course. So uh, my parents are missionaries with uh, the IPHC. Which, which I, stands for? Yes, it stands for the International Pentecostal Holiness Church. Okay. And they send missionaries everywhere, but my parents, I decided to go to Belgium, which is a small country in Europe, where we get um, Belgian chocolate, or that's about it, really. Belgian waffles, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Belgian chocolate is the one I go for. (laughs) Uh, So I was four when we moved over there, and pretty much from four until 19, I was uh, living over there and working with my parents to help with their church plant. Uh, They also started a Bible school and uh, helped other local ministers there. So that was most of my youth, um, early youth, I guess, because I'm still young. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And uh, then at 19, um, I, well, my parents found out that there was a way I could come to one of the colleges that belonged to the IPHC, which is here in Oklahoma, um, for a nice little discount, because there were missionaries with them. So that's how I ended up here. And I've been here for the past, what, three years, three Mm -hmm. and a half years. So, yeah. Uh, some things that I always love to brag about, Obed, about, because he's my son-in-law, is that you're fluent in five languages. Yeah. Which well, are? I'm fluent in English, obviously, Spanish and French. Um, I do a pretty good job at Dutch, or I guess Netherlands, depending on what you want to call it. And then German, I kind of just took in high school. I'm not really that good at it. Okay. And, uh, and he is also a creative a musician. So he, pl- what instruments do you play? Um, I mainly play guitar. That's what I started uh, when I was nine. Um, but I started picking up uh, bass, piano, drums, and all that kind of stuff. Just as time went by. So he he's a prodigy for sure. If you're fluent in five languages, you play five different instruments, and you sing. 
That's kind of a prize, I think, uh, for our family. He has probably more unique talents than the rest of the people in our family. So uh, thanks for upgrading the family oh, a little yeah. bit there, Obed. No problem. Um, so growing up as a missionary kid, tell me a little bit about what that life experience was like. Like, I know it was your normal, but it's rarely anyone else's normal. Uh, yeah, um, it's kind of hard to explain something when it's kind of how you grew up. But to others, it's different, so you, I need to find ways to explain this right. Um, but basically, it looked like um, traveling quite often. Well, not quite often, but when we did travel, it was extensive or for long periods of time. Um, because one of the things that my parents would have to do is come back to the U.S. and raise support in different churches, uh, uh, you know, through different states. Uh, and that would take as long as it needed to have their financial support back to a place that they could move back to Europe and not starve to death in the next year. You know? So <laughs> right. um, I think the longest period we did was almost two years and we were in Florida, which is actually where I learned English. Um, and I was eight or nine, something like that. Right. Um, but even in, in Europe, we would, um, we would go over to the UK or to France or Germany and help the missionaries that were there um, just with events. I remember they would do these um, praying and fasting events that that was just like for us, but they would move them around from either Amsterdam or London or Brussels. Um, I don't think we did one in Paris, but anyways, um, so a lot of moving around. Um, it was kind of interesting growing up in Belgium specifically because like <laughs> it's kind of like a hub, but like a lot of people from all over the world end up in Brussels for some reason. So there wasn't like one set culture it was just these groups of people from this part of Asia and then these groups of people from that part of um, Africa and then these Europeans over here hiding from everybody else <laughs> and then you know it was, it was kind of interesting because it kind of exposed me to pretty much the whole world but like confined in my like classroom for example when I would go to school there would be people from everywhere and um, same thing with churches it's not necessarily um, easy to start a church in Europe right now and I think one of the problems is there's so many cultures and people that come to Europe they're wanting to feel like home so they look for churches that are within their culture so basically if you start a church with people from um, I don't know people, there's a lot of people from the Philippines over there so if you start a, a, group, a church with a group of Filipinos odds are you're only going to reach Filipinos and it's not going to be anything else than Filipinos or you know Brazilians or whatever it is so it was hard because my parents always had this international mindset and wanted a I guess multicultural church and the main problems would be just people would be complaining because it wasn't in this or that way and it was just it was just a mess <laughs> so it is. it's tricky it's very tricky but um yeah I guess other than that it doesn't look necessarily like ministry um it doesn't not look like a ministry here right but it's just that added factor of people are from everywhere and they have their own point of views from everywhere that's awesome yeah so you came to <clears throat> oklahoma city to college mm -hmm. um and you what is your major my major is music performance specifically in guitar <laughs> music performance uh, one of the things when he started dating our daughter was uh we we quickly i was not a, had been had not been exposed to just the uh, limitations of like student visas and um, the legalities of actually being in the United States but not an American citizen and uh, and so that's been a it's been an interesting um, 
opportunity for you to, to navigate, right? Yes. So what have been some of the best things about being international, but here in Oklahoma City besides marrying my daughter? <laughs> oh man, that was my number one. <laughs> um, the best things, I guess, is that there is a little community of international students at our campus that is just like fighting through it. Yeah. <laughs> and I made some pretty good friends there. A lot of guys from Colombia, shout out to Emmanuel. Um, who became really good friends with me, so that, that was nice. And even though we weren't from the same place, we all kind of had the same struggles once we arrived and drank getting through college with little to no money and then finding creative ways, yet not illegal ways to make money <laughs> right? and stuff like that. Yeah, because your employment's super limited. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, as a student in the U.S., I can only either work on campus, which I, I melted that one to the as much as I could, and then if after one year I'm, I can work part-time, so less than 28 hours a week, in a job that is in alignment with the outcome of my major. So if I was, a, I don't know, a biology major, I could work in anything related to the biology field, but only part-time, right. uh, and only as long as I'm a student, right? Because once I'm done, technically I would have to leave. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, so that's that's just a hurdle that you get to jump over just because you come to the United States. And, and but God's been God's been faithful to you, and He's yes, provided very much so. Yeah, it's been I think awesome. I think one of the things that I love about Obed is that he grew up needing to believe the Lord to supply his needs, and so he he and my daughter do a really good job of living that out on a day-to-day -day basis. Now they work and have jobs, don't get me wrong, but, but they really live their faith every day. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you had something that you wanted to um, share with the world, like, hey, I think the world would be better if it knew what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> love broad questions like that. I thought he was going to say I love broccoli, but go ahead. Uh, well, no, that's not, no, that's not even slightly true. Um, I would say just be aware of people and that they don't all, like you don't know where they come from at the end of the day. You really right. don't know. Even if it's someone that's like basically your neighbor, you would still don't even know what half of their day was. So, and then even more, if it's somebody from overseas, you have no idea how they were brought up, what kind of household they were brought up in um what it looked like to live wherever it is they grew up either like religiously or i don't know with the government over there maybe it's kind of uh, a bad situation or something like that so um to just take every opportunity i guess to just be kind and be a good representative of jesus on earth right Stuff like that. so you've been married not quite six months Seven, I think seven on the sixteenth. Sure. Are you sure? Her, his, my daughter is sitting in the background here. Yeah. They're they're pointing at each other. Is it like six or seven or, right? They're they're counting on their fingers. On the fingers yeah, I think uh, it's coming up on seven. All um, right, March the sixteenth. They got married, so right. you can do your own math for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, in the first six months of your marriage. What is one unexpected thing that you found aside from Mariah doesn't know how to put her shoes away? Oh, well, well, also that she only eats pasta, but <laughs> <laughs> she only eats pasta, she only eats pasta which I'm okay with. Um, I would say that it's not necessarily as hard as a lot of people portray to be if you just aren't so selfish, I guess, <laughs> honestly. 
heard a lot of people say, oh, the first year is just adapting and it's really hard and this and that. And I, I mean, I get it. That's not, not everybody's easy to deal with, I guess. But somehow we've just been really easy to deal with. And where we haven't been, we've been able to work it out. So I don't, I, and I guess it's a good thing that I am underwhelmed in the fact that it's not as difficult as people say Okay. Yeah. What's one, because this is, I do marriage and relationship all the time. Yeah. Mariah's grown up with marriage and relationship teaching. She usually laughs and <laughs> says that she could preach all my sermons, <laughs> which she probably could because she's heard most of them. Yeah. Uh, we even schooled Obed before they got married. We'd make him sit on the couch and we'd shoot, pepper him with questions and he would have to know the answer to them. Nice. Uh, but what's your favorite method of, of conflict resolution? Oof. Well, See, I'm naturally kind of a conflict avoider, so <laughs> I know that about you. A little tricky, but basically, it's just I guess take the time to actually talk through it. Because mm -hmm. I've noticed if something like lingers and we just keep avoiding it, it like kind of amplifies right. on its own, like a, I don't know, a bad woman. I don't know. Um, but like the times that we've addressed something like just as soon as we could and found a solution, it's been just much simpler and much easier Good. to deal with. Yeah. Good. Um. Wow, time's flying by already. Wow, it is. It, it, this I, t I tell everybody when they do their podcast with me, it goes really fast, <laughs> right? Uh, so you tell me a little bit about your parents. Tell me about your family. Uh, what is that? What's that family <clears throat> dynamic look like? For yeah. You? So um, my parents, there are both Mexicans, and I also have a sister, by the way. Hi, Betsy. So, <laughs> um, they actually grew up in in Mexico City going to their own churches and um, the way it were, it's just a, kind of a crazy story honestly so my mom's family grew up uh, Lutheran I believe and um, it wasn't until like later in her life that they started attending um, what I, I guess would be what would be considered evangelical just Christian <laughs> quote-unquote Christian church but uh, I mean, no offense to, anyways and then my parents uh, my, I mean my dad um, his family was um, I guess Catholic in the sense that a lot of people in Latin America are Catholics. Does that mean that they actually um, fully live out all of those um, beliefs? It's not, it's not necessarily true. So um, he actually grew up, he was telling me stories that he learned guitar in a little, I think it was a Franciscan monastery? I don't know, something interesting like that. So anyways, very strange backgrounds. And then they both ended up um, getting saved. Um, and my dad, my dad's story I'm a little more familiar with. It's kind of cool because there was a popular Christian, uh, I guess, rock band back in the day. And he was friends with some of the people in the band from back when he was like a kid. They used to be neighbors or something. So um, he ended up spending a lot of time with them and he got saved at like the Mexican equivalent of an IHOP. <laughs> like at, I think it was like 11 p.m. after two hours of arguing. So and by IHOP you mean the International House of Pancakes. Yes, yeah, not, not uh, the International House of, House of Prayer, right? Definitely that. So it was just an interesting story. Um, so that's their background, and then they ended up in a church that belonged to the IPHC, and he started getting involved with missions there, and um, it kind of just naturally he kind of went up the ladder. So he. I, if I remember correctly, I hope I don't get this wrong because if he listens to this, he'll be angry at me. <laughs> um, but uh, he started uh, helping with missions trips and um, he was helping the pastor of this church as well. And then ultimately he went all the way up to missions 
I guess would be a mission supervisor for like all the ITHC churches in Mexico. And because of that position, he was invited um, to go to London on a trip with um, the man that was in charge of the missions just globally. So he was just going to go and help him um, figure out some things over there. And while they were there, um, they had to make an impromptu trip to Brussels. So not the, like the Brussels part wasn't even planned to begin with. He was just going to go help him in London and then come back. Um, and then while he was in Brussels, they were um, talking to the path. The, I think a church wanted to join the IPHC, something like that. And uh, they had done all that. They had gone. Um, uh, they had just gone to sleep for the day. It was over, and he had a dream where basically two children were asking him to help. Um, uh, help him pull somebody out of the ground so there was like this hole and somebody was falling into it and these two kids ran up to him and be like help us he's you know this guy's falling so he tried to pull this guy out and it was so heavy that he couldn't pull him out and my dad if you don't know him it's not necessarily a weak guy right I'm trying to say that kindly <laughs> um, <laughs> that was very well put yeah, that, nice. um, so he's just like he doesn't understand what's like if he's caught on something or if there's something weighing him down so he he looks into the hole and it's actually like people hanging from each other's I guess ankles and just like just trying to climb up um and going down into this dark abyss of like you know just your your typical hell figure just like fire and darkness and stuff like that so he was trying to pull them out and obviously he wasn't able to because it was just so heavy and then he woke up so that's when he knew that God was calling him to go to Belgium specifically and help with missions over there so um, they did that, and I think within a year or even less, they had moved. We had moved to to Brussels, which was which is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I just like to end my podcast with a few fun facts. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, so this is think on your feet. These are not hard, <laughs> difficult ones. Uh, so I started off with this one. This is one I ask everybody: coffee or tea? Coffee for sure. With black or with cream and sugar? It depends on the coffee. Okay. Depends on the coffee. Um, I would typically take it with some amount of cream and sugar. Uh-huh. Which amount? That depends on if I if it's like an iced or hot drink. If it's in the morning, I'll probably go with a little less um, sugar and sweetener. But if it's in the afternoon, just as a dessert drink, I'll probably have some more. Okay. Yeah. That's complex. <laughs> coffee drinker right yeah, there. There it is. Um, what is your favorite movie? You watch it over and over and over and you love it. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, I don't know if it still is. I used to watch Tarzan on repeat when it was in a cassette. Uh-huh. But that was when I was younger. I'm trying to think if there was one. Is there one that I do? No? Okay. There you got me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tarzan it is. Are you, are you sweet or salty? Uh, sweet, definitely. All right. Pastries. And you, what kind? Oh, you're a pastry guy. Yeah, pastry all the way. Right. Uh, and pastries in Belgium and pastries in Mexico are not the same as pastries in America. That's true. So that's, true. that's, uh, that's, that's a little bit different Something for us. Something to consider. Right. Uh, so tell me, um, what is your favorite Bible verse? Do you have a life verse? Um, the only one that really just recurrently comes back is... Um, I don't remember the reference when I'm on the That's okay. We don't have to know the address. They can Google it. They can Google it. Fantastic. It's when Jesus is talking to his disciples. Um, 
and he's basically telling them that the, the thief who comes in the night, he comes to you know kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. But I've come to give you life and life um, and, you know, to the full and abundance, depending on the version. So that second half, I've come to give you life to the full for some reason. It just keeps. Po- I think it was probably at camp when I was like a teenager, mm-hmm. but it's been it just keeps popping back up. So that'd be John ten ten. That's what it is. That one I that one I actually know the is. address for. Yeah. Uh, if you could communicate one thing about Christ to the <clears> world, <throat> what would that? What is that mission for you to communicate what to the world about the Lord? Ooh, um, probably it would be that um, Jesus was really um, loving and caring, and um, he would love people really well. But he would not hesitate um, to fight. Um, <laughs> this is kind of funny. He wouldn't hesitate to fight uh, an oppressive system that was put in place, which in his time, ironically, was the religious system. Okay. So um, I don't mind. I don't, well, I, I don't think people should mind um, throwing some of their ideas. Well, not ideas, but like maybe some of their structures or traditions or. Um, any kind of regulation and rules out the window if it doesn't serve the purpose of the gospel. Um, obviously, if it serves the purpose, let's keep it. But I don't. I don't think. I think we should be more attached to Jesus than to certain traditions. Absolutely, that's, absolutely. I guess that's the bottom line. Right. That's a that's a really good thing, uh, and I and I tend to agree that because the Bible says that you know oftentimes the traditions of man make the word of God of no effect, oh, yeah. and so that's a good one. <laughs> so we really have to we have to watch that because we get hung up in the way we like to do things. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing. I like people to do it the way I like them to. Uh, so yeah. So if uh, for instance somebody wanted to. Uh, you, you right now you currently play for uh, the worship team at Life Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah, correct. And you also are helping he and, and you also help out with different other churches as they need uh, a guitar player, a drum player, a keys player, mm-hmm. a singer, whatever. So he's available <laughs> musician wise if you guys want to uh, to do that. He uh, they also do um, just all kinds of different worship venues, all kinds of different. Um, things like that. So if somebody wanted to reach you and say, hey, listen, we really uh, were interested in having Obed Salazar and his cute little wife come and do something for us, how would they get a hold of you? Um, you know, the honestly, the quickest way would probably be uh, Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, okay. Boom, like What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Obed E. Salazar. That's oh, okay, it's Obed pretty e. pretty Salazar. straight up. Obed right. E. Salazar on Instagram. You can DM him and he will get a hold of you uh, and connect. Because he does, he really is really good. He, um, they're, pro, they're very professional in how they, they approach it. And they are amazing at, inca- at bringing the pre- presence of the Lord to life in mm. your Worship events. So, if you need somebody to do that, I say invite them. Shameless plug by the mother and mother-in-law, right? So that's how that works, right? (laughs) Uh, I think they're the best. You know, it is what it is. But anyway, so thanks, Obed, for hanging out with me today. Thanks for. Do you have anything? Let's finish it off with just one last thought. What would you say to every millennial on the planet if you could give them one piece of advice? It's not that big of a deal. What's not that big of a deal? Anything. Anything that they're going through that is a big deal to them. Okay, it's not that big of a deal. So let's all try to... I think that that universally slides across all generations of people. Either that or relax. Whatever. Right. right. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining me today on this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Game. What? I can't talk. On this edition 
of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. Uh, again, as every time, I want to invite you to do those three simple things. One, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done that. Two, share the podcast with your friends. Let's help spread the word, uh, spread the love around the world with all of the amazing people that are in my life. And finally, if you would go to iTunes and give me a five-star rating, that's super helpful to me. I hope that you've enjoyed spending time with my son-in-law as much as I have. What a blessing he is to our family. And uh, just remember,